afternoon, good evening, whenever you're joining us, welcome. This is the Appreciative Recovery Show. We believe that curiosity, self-compassion, and connection are foundational values that, if cultivated as a daily practice, make any path toward wellness filled with joy and wonder. So my name is Kelly Knox, and I'm the host of this show. And our guest today is Paris Flynn. Paris is an artist and an international business student at, the Bryant, at Bryant University. She also interns at City Arts, which is a nonprofit that serves the local community with free after-school art programs. So welcome, Paris. Thank you for I'm having so me. I'm so excited that you're here. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. Um, so we met through the great um, connector, Jonathan yes. Golding. Yeah, yeah. The great connector of all things wonderful. And he introduced us because of our personal passions around kindness, mm -hmm. right? So the um, Wave Foundation, mm -hmm. give a little blurb. Sure. I, I love to plug myself. <laughs> so uh, the Wave Foundation is a nonprofit that I started this summer. Um, and that's kind of where we're connected because you have the Kindness Project. Right. Um, and the Wave Foundation, essentially, right now we do um, scholarships for kids in the Cape Ann area who are like a shining light of positivity in their community um, and give back to their community, whether it's through service projects that they do or volunteer work um, or just like working to better um, their environment. Fabulous. <laughs> that's exciting. Um, so that's not why we're here. No, it's that's not. That's not what we're going to talk about today. No, no, no. <laughs> so um, we were chatting over coffee, uh, I think last week or something. Yeah. And you had mentioned that you grew up in a household um, that was sober through 12 steps. Is that yes. correct? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And so I thought, what a great topic. <laughs> Who talks about being a child of um, sober adults? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and so... Maybe just give a little snapshot, like what do you, what you think of that? What does that sure. look like for you? Sure. Well, so um, <clears throat> my parents uh, had very uh, different lifestyles before I was born. Um, but when they had children, um, they wanted to change their lifestyles a little bit um, in a way that's more inviting to children. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in a completely sober household, which meant like no one could ever drink in my house, no guests. Um, and so I really wasn't very... Um, exposed to like drinking culture at all while I was growing up um, so it's been like really interesting getting older and being like immersed in a culture where like it's prominent everywhere you go right you know? <clears throat> the transition from home to college yeah oh absolutely college is a perfect yeah, example right. it's just black and white and completely uh, opposite there yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah and I, I grew up in a home of drinkers <laughs> so I don't know what what that's like that, um, that, that static environment yeah so when you were younger did you recognize that your household was different than other households because it question. is it is such a huge um cultural thing yeah drinking. massive especially yeah. in America yeah it's yeah. Massive. massive um I guess it like it percolates you know like when I was younger um I don't think I noticed it as much just because it's something that you're not really cognizant of when you're really young mm -hmm. um and it's not a huge part of your life but as I got older and would go to my friends houses you know initially one of these thoughts that I had was like oh those people are bad they're doing oh. a bad thing and it's like no it's totally normal it's just you are only familiar with what you grew up in and the environment that you are used to. Mm. So um, it was just like a bit of a culture shock when I was younger. Um, but now, obviously, it's just the, the social norm. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, let's go back to the college, the transition <laughs> from, from um, a home life, a sober home life. Absolutely. And um, 
going go, going away to college. Absolutely. Experiencing that. Um, and, like, I really would say that was where, like, I had the most drastic change and challenge um, because, like, at first I was just, like, other in other people's households and it didn't really have that big of an impact on my life. But when I went off to school, that's when I went from living in an environment where there's strictly no alcohol to living in an environment where there's, like, strictly alcohol. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, it was definitely, like, a really big jump. And growing up with parents who were in the 12-step program, um, there's this very um, black and white kind of perspective that at least was, like, pushed on me when I was growing up. Um, so it was interesting to see, like, the behaviors of my peers in a way that was, like, condemned in my household, but, like, was perfectly, like, healthy and functional at school. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and it just, like, took me a while to realize, like, um, just because I've been, like, trained that these certain behaviors, like, aren't okay doesn't necessarily mean that that's true. You know, like, one per- one person's truth isn't everyone's truth. Right. You know, and I grew up um, in a household where it was, like, this is the one truth that everyone has to live by, which just isn't isn't the case. Yeah. So um, are you... Are your parents flexible with your new, um, not new, but, you know, engaging new, in yeah, college, yeah, yeah. college yeah. life? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, well, um, so I, I have four brothers, but okay. one of my brothers and I grew up, like, in the same household. And um, I would say we both had this kind of fear, I guess you could say, of, like, indulging in that environment um, just because of, like, the negative connotations that, like, our parents, like, put on us. Um, but for me, like, uh, the transition, um, I, I think essentially I just realized that like it, it, it doesn't impact me the way that it impacts my parents. And, you know, I think I just grew up with this fear that really was, um, not really well-founded and, um, I've been able to transition really well. And, um, I was really afraid to like expose any of that to my parents cause they have this belief that I'll be just like, them, you know, yeah. um, but that really isn't the case. And, yeah. um. So, yeah, I think now they're more understanding that um, I have a different lifestyle than them and I'm able to. Yeah. Have you found it task. difficult to sort of, because um, you mentioned it a little bit, that mm-hmm. to break down that ideology mm-hmm. and figure out what's true for me, what's not true for me? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think that goes back exactly to what I was saying, where, like, I kind of, it's natural, like, kids born into a household, you adopt the religion that your parents uh, put on you, you know, like, your parents' ideologies, their habits, um, all their behaviors, you're obviously going to adopt when you're younger, because that's just, like, the environment you exist in, that's where you grow, Um, and so, like, with time, I definitely realized that some ideologies that my parents had were, um, I was adopting them subconsciously, and they didn't really resonate with, like, who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for example, like, my parent, like, my mother is very, very Catholic. And um, I grew up that way for a certain amount of time. And then I realized I just like the idea of just, like, existing as an individual and not really adopting, like, the ideology of an entire group of people, you know, mm-hmm. and just, like, making my own way, my own morals. And um, I think a similar thing has happened with, like, the idea of, like, drinking in, like, AA. I just... Um, I like to make it up as I go along instead of, I guess, like, adopt rules that have been laid out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll do a little little personal share here. Sure. Yes, Um, I love to hear. (laughs) In my early 20s, I was Mm -hmm. introduced to, actually, when I was in college. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it was more like my late teens. I was introduced to 12 Steps. Mm -hmm. And, And I actually 
um, lived a 12-step lifestyle mm -hmm. for about 10 years. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's been hard for me, you know, and, it didn't, so, and that was like 20 years ago, uh -huh. right? <laughs> or so, 10. I'm, I'm old. So. <laughs> um, so it's been hard for me mm -hmm. to kind of break down the ideology. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm most curious about what, of, about having had that ideology without having studied it. Yeah. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, or having like, have like you ever the read context it? that puts you in that Right, ideology. because I, I, I was introduced to it, you know, Late, later in life, mm -hmm. my, my life was very different. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, this is really going to help me. Yeah. And it did help me for yeah, a long yeah. time, you know, and, and I, I'm grateful for the 12 mm -hmm. steps. But, um, yeah, having that ideology without mm -hmm. having, like, read the 12-step book mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. without having read the big book. Have you ever read any of the material? I mean, it's definitely been, like, pushed to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I haven't, like, read it in depth or anything. Um, but interesting, like what you're saying that, cause it kind of, I think what you're getting at is like, you had like the context that would put you in that program versus I have like information right. from that program, but not like what you right, would it's do like backwards. Get. Exactly. <laughs> and I think that's a really interesting point. Cause I think that subconsciously is like a fear that I adopted growing up was like, I have this thing that put me here, even though like I've never experienced or experimented with it. Yeah. But like I just had this belief that like I am an alcoholic, even though I'm like a twelve year old, like twelve year old kid who's never like yeah. experienced it. But um, and, and that's part of the reason that I'm not really like extremely fond of it for myself because I think it um, puts it can put a negative light on someone that doesn't necessarily need to be there. It, it, I don't think I understood what you said. Say it again. <laughs> I'm trying to say it in the most like PC, like yeah, polite yeah, yeah. way. Um, just like like I felt, um, I felt something that wasn't true. I, I just feel like sometimes it can um, put people in a box. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree with you there. there. So <laughs> I, I, I think it can. I think mm -hmm. it, it depends on uh, um, how you how it's how you're introduced mm -hmm. to the Absolutely. Absolutely. lifestyle. So mm -hmm. like I was introduced later in life and you mm -hmm. were introduced as a baby <laughs> in utero <laughs> so I think yeah it's a different um lifestyle so mm -hmm. yeah you, we touched on this a little bit but maybe we can expand on it sure. is, um because I, I I see it this way but like sort of as a religion absolutely yeah, yeah. the the um the, the similarities mm -hmm. You want to talk a little bit about it? Well, one thing that's been really, like, has stuck in my mind since our last conversation is I think you put it really beautifully in a way that I haven't really thought about it before, but how um, a lot of people um, seek out that program when you're kind of, like, in... And this isn't true for everyone, but for some people, um, when you're just, like, in a state of desperation, you need, like, direction. Right. Um, and need guidance, and, like, because, like, that can be so useful to someone to just, like, have a guideline of, like, this is how you need to live, and that can take so much pressure off, you know, when there's a lot of things overwhelming you, to just, like, have a path given to you is, like, really alleviating. Um, but when you um, either grow to become one or you are like a fully formed person with your own morals and your own path and your own direction, then it can become very limiting and like ostracizing to people who don't fit that mold. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think that's like a parallel between this program and like religious ideologies um, of just like um, forcing like a direction on people who don't necessarily 
want to be directed or need to be directed. Right, right, right. I think it's fascinating. Makes sense. Um, oh, I just had a great question and it just left my hand. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so, I'm out of questions. <laughs> okay, well, I can keep talking. <laughs> um, but I don't know, I guess I can question you. I have I questions for you. you can go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what, because I know you mentioned, like, I was just, like, using your story for an example about how, like, um, <clears throat> it can be really useful for people. You know, like, I know for, like, I can't uh. speak negatively on it, um, the program itself, because I have a lot of people very close to me who suffer from alcoholism, and if not for this program, like, I might not be here. You know, there's a lot of people in my life who probably wouldn't be here. Um, so, like, like I said, there's a certain um, state that someone can be in where this program is, like, it, it can save people. Right. But at the same time, it can limit people, and I feel like you spoke on that. Yeah, I, I like the way that you put that, because mm -hmm. I, I showed up at the program in a state of desperation. Mm -hmm. So... And it filled me. You know, mm -hmm. the, the path was what I needed at the time. I needed mm -hmm. structure. Yeah. And it was the only thing available at the mm -hmm. time. I mean, there's other aven avenues now that people can get sober mm -hmm. and that give them structure with the idea that once you do grow, once you get time away from the substance mm -hmm. and you start growing and you start understanding who you are and how you want to relate to the world, mm -hmm. then they let you go. Mm -hmm. So... I find that that's not necessarily true with mm -hmm. most of the 12-step fellowships. Mm -hmm. I think it's shifting because there's a lot of talk out there, mm -hmm. and because of social media, mm -hmm. people are, are starting to connect and understand this. Yeah. And it can be life-saving, and it's a ready-made community mm -hmm. of, of pe people trying to accomplish something similar. Mm -hmm. So. Well, I guess I wonder, how do you feel about... Um, the way that the obviously like every program is slightly different to you but in your experience do you feel that um the process of like growing and like adopting the skill set from this program and then like being able to like grow out of it do you think that process is like really good right now or do you think it could be worked on oh that needs like, to the be graduation improved. process I guess you could say. so yeah but <laughs> there's pe people out there and people who still going to 12-step meetings who mm -hmm. are trying to sort of shift the culture uh -huh. to more um, of, a, of an opening. Mm -hmm. So when I walked away from 12 steps, I essentially lost my um, support group, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. My, my, my support system because, mm -hmm. you know, people wanted me to go to meetings, people wanted me to do this, people wanted me to do that, and I wanted to explore mm -hmm. and figure myself out. Mm -hmm. And it was looked down upon. Yeah. So that was difficult. Mm -hmm. But um yeah, and it's and to bring it back to to you, mm -hmm. you it's like in you're doing the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. Back to the opposite thing, right? <laughs> yeah. So you grow up in this and and but it's similar, right? Because you're exploring now. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, so you're you're exploring it's the outside same kind of, of the yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though that original context isn't there, right? Um, so growing out of it, yeah. But <clears throat> well, I was actually speaking with one of my parents the other night about this. How because we spoke about um, the idea of like having some alternate options in the community, you know, mm -hmm. something aside from this structure, this kind of structure, right? Um, and I, I do a lot of volunteering in this area and I work with, um, 
a population of the community that's kind of devastated by alcoholism, you know, and I've seen, like, how it can kind of take away a lot of, like, the positive aspects of your life, and then it's kind of all that you're left with. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's really an interesting point connected to, like, the... I don't know how else to call it, like the graduation process moving out or away from AA when you don't need it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's similar to the, the effects of alcoholism where you become isolated and withdrawn from like the people in your community. And so I think um, when you go back out into the world without that kind of crutch, um, losing the community that you had in AA can be really detrimental. Mm-hmm. Um, so like finding a way to um, have communities that are... Um, less loosely structured and more open to kind of having, giving people the support to go in whichever direction they need um, so that sense of community isn't lost when you don't really need that structure anymore. Right. So. I, a lot of people do, who walk, who, who, who decide to um, not do 12-step meetings anymore, mm-hmm. they do struggle with finding community. Mm-hmm. And exactly, so, yeah. Then, you know, there's... Everybody struggles mm-hmm. to find community, not mm-hmm. just people who mm-hmm. had alcohol problems. Yeah, yeah. Right? So I think loneliness is a huge mm-hmm. thing. And, Absolutely. And, and it can send and people again, back down the, that rabbit hole. The, the fellowship is, is ready-made. So mm-hmm. I think it can get confusing for some people, too, mm-hmm. because they're like, but I need the fellowship, mm-hmm. but I kind of don't believe it. It's like going yeah. to um, a Catholic church on Sunday mm-hmm. not believing in God. Yeah, and just for the sense of community. Right, Absolutely. and people do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's hard to live with the... Um, what I, I always forget the name of the word, the cognitive dissonance that, that can happen. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think it all just goes back to that, like, this was like the main thing that I was kind of um, not keen to when I was growing up. And one of the things that kind of made me step away from like this ideology that had been forced on me is like how it's kind of binary and there, it's like very um, black and white. And I feel like there isn't, um, in some ways, even though it's anonymous, like there's this um, stigma that exists. And um, I feel like I know people who are in the program, but out of the program, have never been in the program where these, like, there's these disconnects. Mm-hmm. And I wish there could be like a community center and environment where like those stigmas don't exist mm-hmm. inside like the walls of this like community center. And I was speaking to my parent about this the other night, about how there used to be um, this community center in Gloucester, um, where it was just for whether you struggle with addiction or alcoholism or you have a family member who struggles. It was kind of just like this environment where you could just go and play card games or just like communicate and have this sense of like support people who are going through the same struggle as you. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no forced, like, there's no structure of like how you heal or how you recover from your addiction. You just have a support group of people. And I think with anything, and I feel like you know this as well, like just having a sense of community and having people to connect to and relate to is really sometimes all it takes. It's really key. Mm-hmm. Connection mm-hmm. really is Absolutely. Is, Human is connection key. is everything. And some people just don't know how to connect. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can sit yeah. in rooms True. of, you know, 100 people and mm-hmm. feel lonely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And learning how to connect. I, I read this great study this week on um, loneliness and wisdom is an indicator of whether somebody will be lonely or not. That's what the study showed. And does it say that the wiser you are, the lonelier you are? No, the wiser no. you are, the less lonely you are. And, you, and, and wisdom is actually a skill that you can learn. So I, I have a question. <laughs> does, that, does that imply that <clears throat> if you are wise, you spend more time with people? Or does that 
mean that you are more at peace with yourself, so you just don't feel the sensation of loneliness? That's a great question. I don't, the study didn't address that question. (laughs) But that is, that's actually a really great question. Um, What they're saying is that the resiliency factor that comes into wisdom Mm -hmm. is what makes people feel connected to other people. Okay. Whether they're home alone, okay, yeah, okay, or sure, in a group of people, sure, okay, yeah. so yeah, I guess it's yeah, yeah. okay, then that makes sense. Yeah, <clears throat> it's all very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually thinking too. I mean, because there were all these like very strong beliefs that I had that were kind of deconstructed when I went off to college because I had different experiences and stuff. And I know, like, have you read like Walden, Henry David Thoreau? Oh yeah. And um, I read that when I was really young, and one of the things he says, there are a lot of things that he says that I liked when I was growing up, but um, one of them is, like, how the wise man's drink is water. Yeah. You know, and I was like, and I never need to experience that. Like, I'm so at peace with being fully present in every environment. You know, I don't want to ever be, like, not fully conscious or fully aware. Um, and I think it's kind of grappling with, like, drink, like, alcohol is just such a normalized, integrated part of our society, but... Um, it doesn't necessarily need to be, you know? And I feel like there's this pressure that in order to um, socialize with your peers, you need... And that goes back to that community center I was talking about because sometimes people's only um, social interaction, like they spend their whole day at work and then they go home, going to the bar, Mm -hmm. going out, is like their only time when they interact with people in like a social way. So like creating communities where people can interact and like not feel a need to have this barrier of alcohol, which kind of... If, in my opinion, I feel like it takes away from your ability to like genuinely connect with people. Yeah, I um, mm-hmm. every time an article or something comes out for a a, a mocktail bar, do you oh, know what a mocktail bar is? I don't, but I feel like I context clues. Like right. Yeah. So it's it's um really fun drinks mm-hmm. made without alcohol, mm-hmm. and yeah, so mocktail bar, and I keep saying we should um that space over on. In, oh, I don't know, but there's space somewhere. You can describe it physically. It's over by small. the Gloucester stage. Um, anyway, sure. There's there's space over there. I'm like, we okay. should put a mocktail bar yeah. night and then push it out on Facebook. Yeah, and I feel like the so. community could really benefit from something. Like and, that. and it would be a, a, a destination mm-hmm. for sober absolutely. people. Absolutely. And, and what better people? place to be than Gloucester? Right. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, but again, that like there's that like treacherous territory of like, but I don't like the idea of like the black and white. Like, for example, like I can't really take my parents out with me wherever I go, you know, um, because they're uncomfortable in a certain environment. Right. Where I feel the same way, people who are like fond drinkers would feel uncomfortable in that environment, you know. Right. And this kind of like just a place where you can have like a marriage of the two, where people can exist whichever the way they want to, and not be stigmatized or judged by the other side, you know. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I do like that idea. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's open a mocktail yeah, bar. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do <Okay>. down. <laughs> um, there's one question that the question that I forgot earlier, the one that you the lost, one that I lost, came back to, came you, back yeah. to me. <laughs> Do you have are are some do you have friends mm-hmm. whose parents also absolutely not no. are are sober <laughs> no 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 oh. it's a very strange um, I mean it's not like isolating either because like I'm just very like accustomed to it but um, I have I would say like the grand majority of like all my peers grew up in households where it was just like normalized and it's like functional and it doesn't like impede mm-hmm. um, your functionality. Um, where it's just like people casually drink. 
Um, unfortunately, I do have um, people that I know who grew up in like harshly alcoholic environments, you know, and um, it's something. It, it's not isolating, but like it, it's interesting to think about because like I feel like I have the effects of growing up in an alcoholic family. Oh, without growing up in an alcoholic family, you know, I think there there's some parallels, even though my parents are sober. Mm -hmm. There's some things that remain you know and don't go away and um I don't know but it's 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 like I don't want to say like oh I relate to you and I understand you speaking to someone who grew up in an alcoholic family because like that isn't technically the truth mm -hmm. um but I think there are definitely some similarities wow that's very interesting it's a very interesting note to end on <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank you so you much for joining us this thank has been so a fabulous conversation <laughs> and um do you do you have that's a website really that you want to I do. The link is really long, so oh, I can't like say right. it. But if you go to Wave Foundation Co. Instagram or Facebook page, the website is linked there. So <laughs> that's how you can find it. Perfect. <laughs> so um, I want to thank everybody for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. Um, you can always find us at www.appreciativerecovery.org.